Straw Hut Media. How do you feel about labels? Do they give you a sense of belonging or do they make you feel boxed in? Today on Pride, we're talking to radio personality Alexander Rodriguez about his take on labels, especially their limitations. It's a complex topic, and he gets some heat from his listeners about his views. But in the same way that light is only possible because of darkness, inclusivity is reliant on exclusivity. We'll also talk about moms. After all, Mother's Day is right around the corner. And Alexander's mom, she sounds like a damn badass. So stick around. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. Uh, my name is Alexander Rodriguez. I feel like I'm doing ASMR, by the way. Oh don't do that. <laughs> oh my god, that drives me crazy. Uh, my name is Alexander Rodriguez. Click, clack, click, clack. <laughs> and what do you do? Oh god, what don't I do? For starters, Alexander hosts the podcast On the Rocks. You've probably heard his voice during some of our ad breaks. Your host with the sassy most, me. Both Pride and On the Rocks are produced by Straw Hut Media. We know we love Straw Hut Media. Over the last four years, Alexander has released his audio and video of more than 200 episodes of On the Rocks. So my podcast is Celebrities and Cocktails. Two of my favorite things is drinking and uh, and hanging out with celebrities. Alexander has interviewed winners of Academy Awards, Golden Globes, Emmys, Grammys, you name it. So you can see us get a little tipsy with our celebrities, and they reveal a lot of secrets that uh, you might not have heard before. So it's a great way to see your favorite celebrities in a different, in a different format, in a different style. We talk about like what kind of pizza Shirley Jones, who starred in Oklahoma and Carousel, what kind of pizza she likes while she's having a martini on the show. But then we talk about. Um, like real stuff too. It's such it's such a roller coaster uh, of the show that it gets serious. Then uh, you know, then we laugh a lot. But I do so much research, and I never ask a typical question that they've always been asked. Like, what did it feel like winning an Academy Award? Well, how do you think it felt? Like it was terrible. No, they're not going to say that. I ask about like day one of filming on the set with this director, and um, you know, when they won, like, uh, best band leader in high school. Like, I pull up random facts, and you really get to find out different aspects of your celebrity. Um, And it's because it's a genuine conversation. I'm not just, like, a host with a series of questions. I am so intrigued by anybody. Even if you did a TV show in the 80s and and nothing else, I will have as much of an intense conversation with that than I will with, like, a Tony Award winner. I love hearing people's stories from entertainment because there are all of these stories um, that we all come from. And even though Alexander has always been a performer, once upon a time, he was a corporate banker. Like, how weird is that? And I was in the entertainment division at City National Bank. My office is right there uh, in Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive. Um, And so I was dealing with these celebrities on a daily basis. I mean, I knew when they were breaking up before the tabloids did because we had to split the checking accounts. We had to stop payments on some of the, you know, some of the stuff. Or uh, we had to put debit cards in fake names so people didn't know that 
so-and-so who just went through an awful ba- breakup was taking two weeks incognito in Europe. Um, so that that part of my life was 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 always there. Um, and I went to uh, a film premiere and I went to the cast party and uh, this actress that was in it, uh, she was in Sorted Lives. Her name was, um, uh, 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 oh my God. God, I forget what her name was. Um, oh my God, this is so awful. Um, she says, you are so funny. And we got so drunk at the cast party and we hung out. They closed the bar down. People were going home and we were just sitting laughing, drinking our martinis. And she said, you should you should have uh, a, a show. And then she told me that she had just bought this new studio, which was uh, UBN. Um, and she said, you should come in and do a little, a few practice uh, shows. Um, and I did it. And as you can tell, I couldn't stop talking. And from that on, that's that's what started that. And it became such a big part of my life that led to, I emcee a lot at uh, events all throughout uh, the country at Prides. I was the media grand marshal for Palm Springs Pride this last year. Um, and that's led to this whole culture. So I left banking probably about four, four years ago, which was so scary. Um, and so this, this show uh, has become my life and it's spun into many, many other projects. On his show, he talks openly about his issues with labels, both within and outside the queer community. And while we did talk about labels, our conversation ended up somewhere a little different. Instead, we talked a lot about his mom and what it means to have someone who fights for you and loves you unconditionally. Sometimes you have that person always, a parent or a sibling. Other times you find them later, in a best friend, a mentor, or a partner. But we'll get to that a little later on. For now, we'll have the conversation we planned on having about labels. They can bring us together, but they can also pull us apart. I dislike labels so much, and I think it's because of my growing up. You know, I'm Latino, but I'm not, I can't even order at Del Taco, right? Uh, I'm part of the LGBT community, but I'm not at the gym every day. I'm not getting Botox. I'm not at the Abbey every night. Um, I'm part of the bear community, but, um, you know, I don't have a hairy back, and I'm not at leather parties all the time. We are fighting within our own communities now because of these labels. And I think at once we had to uh, affix ourselves to labels to kind of get an identity, and we have that identity. And now we're hiding behind labels like, tell me what your label is, and then I know who you are, which is not what it should be at all. You may find labels comforting. Having one signals that you're not alone. There are other people like you. They signify community. But the other side of that is the limitations imposed by labels, rules that apply to communities, especially as those labels get narrower and narrower. I think a label like ally is very inclusive, but when you say like twink or when you say, uh, you know, bear, those kind of labels kind of just put you, it's not inclusive. And I didn't realize how not inclusive we were um, until I got involved in the bear community. I started to emcee at bear events. And I just wasn't because of the way that I dressed, because of the way that uh, I wasn't very welcome. People were like, oh, what's what's he doing here? Like, oh, you're not, you know, you don't want to be a bear. You don't want to admit that you're a bear. And I was like, just because, you know, I'm a curvy girl means I'm I'm a bear, which fine. But then what does a bear mean? Like, what what makes you a bear? What makes you not a bear? And that's the kind of labels that um, I just I just really don't care for. When Alexander talks about this on his show, his listeners don't always agree. Like, you know, uh, and I get a lot of flack from that because obviously I, I am very proud of the community. Obviously, I'm proud of uh, of the activism. Um, 
but again, we have this generation that's coming up that it's label, 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 and they don't know how to identify with somebody else. They don't even know how to identify with themselves without a label. And I think that's extremely harmful. The issue even comes up behind the scenes of the show. When looking for guests to interview, Alexander says he often finds himself having to navigate the complex inner workings of identity, both his own and that of his guests. I interview everybody under the sun. Me being gay is part of who I am, but that's not what I'm talking about on every show. You know, uh, when PR reps are talking about their clients and I want their clients to come on the show, they're like, well, what is your show? And for some people, I say, oh, you know, it's an LGBT-based if their client is an LGBT celebrity. But for people outside of that, um, it's hard for them to see that, no, it's not just uh, a gay show, but it's okay that it's gay-inclusive. But, like, I don't say, oh, I'm a gay talk show host or, um, you know, I'm I'm a Latino uh, entertainment personality, which is ironic because I did Glitter Bomb, which was the first ever Latinx national LGBT television programming. Uh, we did a season of that with LATV. And I felt like I was uh, was being fake because it was being touted as, you know, Latinx and Latin this and Latin that. I'm like, I never had my quinceanera. Like... <laughs> All of our labels, whether they're about race, culture, gender, preference, or whatever, are often kind of impossible to define. We can try, and we do try, but the definitions are constantly evolving and changing. But if there aren't hard and fast rules, how do you decide whether or not you fit? And I get a lot of flack because uh, people assume that I'm not proud of the labels or that I don't want to be associated with the community, and that's not it at all. I just don't think that that's what defines me. I don't think it, it defines everybody. You don't say, there's a straight talk show host. You know, you just don't do that. On his show, Alexander also talks about straight actors playing queer characters in film, but not from the same perspective that we usually hear from within the queer community. For example, in July of 2018, Scarlett Johansson was cast as Dante Tex Gill, the main character of a movie called Rub and Tug, about a transgender man who used massage parlors as prostitution fronts in 1970s Pittsburgh. But the outcry on social media was so intense, Scarlett Johansson dropped out. And I'm going to say, go to an investor who's investing or go to the studio that's going to distribute the film. Fine, show me an A-list trans, trans actor that we can choose from that would nail the part and has that A-list. Can sell the theater. Right. There's not there. Which is, the, the conversation should be about having the audition opportunities for the community, not just casting a gay person as a gay person or a trans person as a trans person, but letting them audition alongside so that we do get to the level that we have these A-list celebrities. You know, we come from the gay entertainment culture. There's a lot of bad gay independent films out there. We all know, we all have friends who are like, oh, I'm in this new gay film. And we're like, oh God. Um, quality gay independent films has gotten so much better but there was a period of time that it was it was all crap from the acting to the writing to the production value and i hate to say it but that's what it was so we haven't achieved that a-list status and it's not just about putting people uh in these characters it's about letting them audition to see who the best person for that part is and so with that scarlett johansson film the film didn't end up getting made so that person's story is not told it didn't get the Oscar attention that it probably should have. It didn't, you know, it, people are not seeing these stories in the films because we told an A-list celebrity that we're not an inclusive community. And that gets me very upset. It didn't help that ScarJo was still recovering from the backlash of playing Major Motoko Kusanagi in the film adaptation of the Japanese manga Ghost in the Shell. 
Just like we have a scarcity of trans actors in Hollywood, there's a similar scarcity of Asian actors, which is something we talked about with actress and comedian Sherry Cola back in January. Alexander's feeling is that the issue of queer representation in film is more complicated than just casting. In reality, he says it's about everything that happens before the casting. The stories, the auditions, the agents. I get a lot of uh, flack from my listeners and viewers when I voice these opinions on the show. Um, and I talk very openly about if a gay actor is not a good actor, then they should not get that part. Or not a big enough star. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I guess Hollywood is a business. It, it, is, it literally is a business. I had this conversation. Think Somebody has to fund this film. And you can't fund it unless you have a big name to it. You, you just can't. Yeah. No, uh, that's absolutely right. And like Felicity Huffman, remember when she did that film? Uh, uh, what is it? Transamerica. Transamerica. She was lauded. She got all of the acting accolades. And we we're like, wow, that was brave for her to do. That was such an amazing story. Wow, a lot of people saw that. A few years later, Scarlett Johansson wanted to do the same thing. And we berated her because we're in this anger climate. Um, do you think gender plays it only because you can think about recent examples of cisgender straight people playing queer characters like Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. And everyone loves Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Or Carol. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves Carol. Kate right. Blanchett. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's this... and and But we're kind of told by the media. All of a sudden we see a headline like, oh, we're angry about this. And we're like... Yeah, we are angry about that. We're being told what to like and not to like. Like, Carol is a great example. Everybody loved that film. We all love Kate Blanchett. We want to hang out with her. Right. If Lady Gaga played uh, a trans uh, character, we would love her for it. And we'd buy her album. What? Why do we get angry about some things and and not others? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, And instead, uh, we're so busy being angry that we're not telling our story. We're so busy shouting at each other, even on Facebook, even on social media. Um, you can't, you will never learn something about somebody if you're shouting at them or they're shouting at you. You just never, never will. What changes need to happen around like how we embrace labels and how rigid we make them? Like if you're not trans, you can't play that character. Um, I think we need to stop being so mean on social media. <laughs> and uh, I think entertainment people can talk about entertainment because they're part of the business side of it. Um, we need to start making our own quality projects, which I think we really are. Uh, we need to start playing gay characters not as super gay. Uh, we need to tell better stories. We need to have better quality in our programming. Um, and we need to include other stories in our gay movies. I don't, you know, like a gay romance, it's about the gay characters. It's like, okay, what I love about other films, I don't know if you saw um, Mrs. Fletcher on HBO. It was a limited series, and it's about a mom whose kid goes off to college, and it's an eight-series, uh, uh, it, it, a limited series. There's a trans story in there. There's a, a gay roommate story in there, and it's told so matter-of-fact as part of the big picture of what this family is going to that it was such a beautiful, um, I think, uh, tip of the hat. And it was a gentle way to say, yeah, this story is about people. It doesn't have to be rah, rah, rah. After the break, racism in the OC and the person Alexander has always had in his corner, Mama Rose. (laughs) 
So Mother's Day is around the corner, May 10th. Mark your calendars and start getting your cards and gifts ready to send. They have to make it in time and then sit for three days before being opened. And yes, we know that relationships with moms can be complicated for anyone, especially in the queer community, and especially in religious families. Those of us who are fortunate enough to have a badass mom around, make sure you send her something. Alexander grew up in Orange County, which you might know has a pretty racist history and present, come to think of it. They call it California's Republican Bastion because it helped launch the careers of Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. Reagan even called it the place where all good Republicans go to die. It might as well have been in a different planet. If you've ever seen the reality show Real Housewives of Orange County, the gated community that those women live in, Cota de Casa, was right next door to Alexander's high school, Santa Margarita Catholic School. And so you think, oh, OC kid, you know, rich kid. That would that's that's the theme of OC. That is not my growing up. <laughs> um, I was raised by a single mom. She worked three jobs to put me through singing lessons, dance lessons, dance lessons she should have saved her money on, but <laughs> I went to a private school. She enrolled him in our Lady Fatima Academy in San Clemente from first to eighth grade. Definitely, like I said, she did everything to uh to make sure I had a proper uh education, uh, made sure I went on trips. I went to Europe. I went to New York. Um, I traveled all over the world because she wanted me to have that education. And if you see our family albums, she's wearing the same outfits from first grade up until my graduation. It's like, wow, she never bought clothes. Um, We actually noticed that the other day. It's like, that is the same blouse and pants for all of those years. Even though from 1980 to today, Orange County has seen huge growth in its Latinx population, the schools that Alexander attended were very, very white. Uh, I was the only Latino kid in Southern California in the private school, which was very awkward. But Alexander says it wasn't until the fourth or fifth grade that he realized he was the only Latinx person in his school, and there was a pretty big class divide. This was the time that British Knights, you're, you're too young to even know what British Knights were, but they were like tennis shoes. And they were the tennis shoes. And we had uniforms, but the tennis shoes is where you showed off your money. Couldn't afford uh, those tennis shoes. And it's something that stuck with me to this day that I still remember not having British Knights. And now you look back, you're like, how ridiculous. But uh, to be classified by somebody's tennis shoes, uh, that's, uh, that like, signifies my growing up there in Orange County. <laughs> Alexander's grandmother emigrated from Mexico, and his mom grew up in El Paso, Texas, and then Southern California. As it is with a lot of immigrant families, assimilation was really important to both his grandmother and his mother. A Latino was just seen as a negative, so I wasn't raised as a proud Latino, which is which is awful, which later on in years, I, I got to know my culture and got to talk to family members and visit Texas and kind of revisit that. But I didn't know what Latino meant. I just knew that the stereotype was, okay, you are maids, you're valets, and you're poor. Like, that's that's what it was. On a single mother's income, who puts it all toward her son's education and passions, yeah, They lived pretty frugally, and in a community like that, regardless of attempts to fit in, people were racist. Like the time his class took a trip to the missions in San Diego, a rite of passage for every Southern California child. And uh, the border uh, check is halfway between San Diego and Orange County. And so the bus had to stop, and one of the chaperones said, oh, Alexander, you better uh, get down behind the seat so they don't see you. Like I was gonna be stopped at the border check. 
Uh, my mom heard that. She literally drove to that woman's house. <laughs> she sl- like knocked on her door and she gave it to her. Another time, Alexander says he and his mom went to see a friend who lived in that gated community, Cota de Casa, and at the gate to enter the neighborhood, the guard stopped them and told them that the servant's entrance was in the back. And my mom's like, no, we're, we're here visiting. <laughs> like, who does that? You know, but it's these stupid little things that stay in my mind all the time. No matter where I'm at, I'm always just conscious of that uh, kind of behavior, which is deplorable. The kids weren't great either. Kids learn from their their parents, so I was made fun of a lot. One year, the school put on a Christmas play based on E.T., you know, the 1982 Steven Spielberg movie. They called it G.T. for Glad Tidings, and it was about an alien that comes down to Earth to talk about the meaning of Christmas. And it was this alien that comes down to talk about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. So who better to play the alien but the little Mexican kid, right? Well, joke was on them. My mom made the most amazing costume, um... And the part was really fun, and I got to sing, and I got to dance, and um, I added monologues to my character the day of the show. Alexander stole the show, and that day, he says, something clicked. It's like, okay, I'm different, then I'm going to be different. Everything that I'm going to do is going to be different. So while the other kids showed off their wealth with fancy sneakers, Alexander found his identity in a different way. For example, by wearing spats, which were really popular shoe covers in the 1920s. The point is, he figured out how to be proud of himself in ways that weren't defined by money, but by his own character. I I had that confidence and humor uh, instilled by my mom, and I was like, okay, let's embrace this, this being different. Not only did Alexander's mom instill confidence in him, she also was his biggest advocate and defender. He told us this story about his first dance in sixth or seventh grade. It was a Halloween dance. Um, and uh, there was this kid that was picking on me, and I remember his name to this day was Emil Popov. And who knew that Popov vodka would have been such a big part of my life? Plastic bottle. Um, but he was just so rude, and he, his family was very wealthy, very wealthy. And for some reason, he just picked on me and picked on me. And it was time for the dance, and so all the, we're all there at the auditorium, and the chaperones were there in costume, and then this figure walks in, head to toe covered in like a full witch's mask, not even like a front witch's mask, but like a full head with the back and everything. And everybody was like, who is that? Nobody knew who this person or this figure was, and it was just kind of like looking at the scenes, and we thought, oh, maybe, you know, they brought him in for like whatever. Um, very scary looking. Went over to Emil Popov, took him outside, and everybody went to see what was going on. Scared him so bad, he wet his pants in front of the whole school. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then were like, people were like, what, what the hell? And the figure just left. Went home, there was the mask on my mom's bed. It was my mom. She made this kid wet his pants. She'd had enough. She had had shit. enough. And so he was known as Emil Pee-Pee <laughs> to the pop-off because he wet his pants. <laughs> Oh, he got one. I wonder where he is now. Yeah. We'll look him up on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you can message him and be like, hey, Pee how you doing? Uh, but that's just kind of like that energy and that kind of confidence is definitely from my mom. It's like, F the world. Uh, we're here and don't, don't, don't mess with us. So even though the kids at school sucked, Alexander always had his thing. And while the bratty, spoiled kids did their high school musicals, thanks to his mom's support of his love of theater, he started acting professionally. Because I never got really cast 
in high school because it was all about the rich families. Their kids would always be the starring role. Um, and so I just started to do professional theater out. Like I was doing summer stock with, you know, equity players. And so that was a way that I set myself apart. And, um, you know, I, I just didn't need to be in that in environment if it was harmful. And if you're wondering how being gay affected their relationship, the short answer is it didn't. Oh, she's gayer than I am. She took me to my first gay bar. She took me to my first gay bookstore to buy a pride bracelet. She literally dragged me into my first gay bar. <laughs> um, in fact, people call her Mama Rose. Like, people don't call her by her name. The people know her. Oh, it's Mama Rose. Um, <laughs> for many reasons, but uh, very accepting. She has been there for a lot of my friends who don't have that relationship with their parents. When he came out as a junior in college, she was right there. And I did the whole crying at Thanksgiving. Like it was, you know, my mom thought I had murdered somebody. She was like really concerned that something bad had happened because I just burst into tears and I hyperventilated because, you know, I'm a drama queen, another label. Um, uh, and she was like, it's no big deal. Three months later, my mom was on the panel for Chapman University's first ever Gay Pride Week. And they had uh, uh, like psychiatrists talking and they had activists talking. And there's my mom on the panel. And they wanted to, her to talk about, uh, you know, having a gay son. And so her whole speech was about unconditional love and how about family um, uh, doesn't have to be blood. And it was just this positive speech about actual love and what that means um, and finding your confidence in yourself, which is something that she taught me as a kid. And then I remember after the talk and after the panel, it was like a three-hour symposium, uh, there was a line of students down the aisle, all waiting to give her a hug. That was amazing. We want to know, Pride listeners, who do you have in your corner? Post a picture of the person who has always been on your side on Instagram and tag us at Pride. And make sure you check out Alexander's show, On The Rocks. You can watch and listen to their more than 200 episodes at ontherocksradioshow.com. Follow the show on Instagram at On The Rocks On Air. And follow Alexander at Alexander Is On Air. Our conversation with Alexander about labels got us thinking that we'd like to do more. Right now, we're working on a multi-part series about the benefits and the limitations of labels. Make a voice recording about how you label yourself or why you don't and send it to pride at strawhutmedia.com. is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, and listen to podcasts.
How do you feel? I feel that was so weird. Nobody Hi. ever interviews me. It's so weird. 